here we are. Another week, another episode of Everything's Relative Podcast. That's what's happening here. I'm Eve Sturgis, your host. I am here to talk with people about DNA testing and all the way that recreational tests are turning out to be less recreation and more life-altering. As family secrets come spilling out, dads turn out not to be dads, births turn out to be adoptions, siblings turn out to be parents, cousins turn out to be siblings. You name it, we've got it. This happened to me. I had a non-paternal experience when I found out that the man who raised me wasn't my biological father. I'm called an NPE. Other acronyms we like to use are things like a DCP, that's a donor-conceived person, LDA, late discovery adoptee, a BCF is a birth certificate father, and a BSEDIA is a baby scoop era domestic infant adoption. There's more than that, but I won't drown you in all of them for right now. Uh, Just hang around long enough, and I think you'll pick up on all the ways we try to communicate and categorize these common themes that come up again and again. So, how are you? Mm, I was about to mention the heat and ask if you're also somewhere hot, but you guys, when did I become such an old fart and I just, all I want to do is talk about the weather? Like, let's get over it. There's got to be something more interesting going on in my life and your life than the heat. Oh, Margot just turned four, so that's significant because I was pregnant with her in the season one of this podcast. So if that makes you feel like time is flying, you're correct. Time is flying. Time is also flying as we count down to the 100th episode of this podcast. Today is episode 90... 95. It's episode 95, and I need to start planning a party. I love cakes. I will embrace any opportunity out there to enjoy a cake. I think 100 episodes is a good reason. And especially since, and I know you've been listening to me talk about this, I'm just not sure what's happening for next season. It may be my last season of the podcast being just like this. So I want cake. Uh, But I don't mean to put the cart before the horse here. Today, I talk with a woman named Kristen. She and I actually tried to connect at the Untangling Our Roots Summit in Kentucky, but we kept missing each other. I was like putting my traveling on Instagram as as I got there and she kept messaging me that she was right behind me, like my plane would land and then her plane would land and then I would take off and then she would take off. Very funny. So it was excellent to make it happen this way. Um, What do I want to say about Kristen's story? I found parts of it shocking. Uh, I suspect a lot of you will too, not just in the twists and turns of her DNA discovery, but in the way that she's so unabashed about her hurt and anger. There are times when I interview people that I wish I was better at asking hard questions in the moment or better about confronting people about what they're saying. I don't have the like diehardedness of a journalist to just really push, you know? I get worried about offending people and I want them to like me. And honestly, sometimes I just don't know what to say. I had a lot of those moments when I was talking with Kristen. And that's all I'm going to say about it. Listeners, spend a little time with me and Kristen. See how you feel or what you think you'd say or ask if you had had the opportunity. Warning, in case you've got little kids around the room or you're sensitive yourself, there are a lot of F words in this episode. I'll see you in a little bit. I'm Eve Sturgis. This is Everything's Relative. Thanks for listening. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. It's Kristen, right? 
Yes. Not Kirsten. Okay. Yes, Kristen. I get all forms of it, but yeah. You yeah. can call me Chris if you'd like. Oh. Oh gosh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I like. All right. So I have not actually like formally met you, but I so I found out in 2017. And when I found one of the Facebook groups in 2018, you were in there. Great. Um, great for me. Great for me. Okay. Cool. Yeah, right. And I was like, oh my God, there's a oh my God, she's a therapist. I'm a therapist. Oh my God, this is amazing. So I've kind of been following you. And I was in a training that you were in with Jody, and I can never pronounce her last oh, name. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Klugman Rab. I don't yes. know if that's how you pronounce it, but yeah. yes. Oh, Years so ago. I was just talking with someone about that training and how yeah. I was like, I that is wild that you were there. Cause I was I must yes. I must have been sensing it because I was just talking about it and trying to remember who was in it. I could, I think it was August 22nd, and it was either I think it was 2019. I got a this weird memory. Weird it was memory. 2020 because it was um in it was pandemic. Oh, it was August 22nd then. It was a, yeah. it was a week after I had something happen. So um so anyway, I've been following you. You're a huge poster. I'm I'm not. And so I've just kind of been following you. Um and then every time I went to your booth at the convention, you weren't there. Oh and my god. Had, and you had no buttons left. Um and so when I saw this, I had I had done a support group recently and it didn't give me quite what I needed. And so when you posted this, I was like, oh, my God, this is the universe because I need to tell my story again. Because when I did my po I did another podcast a year and a half ago with Alexis. Yeah. And I felt so great after I told my story. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, OK, this is what I kind of need to do again. But yeah. So I was like, oh, well, I'll just it's like a, it was like late at night, I think, maybe or like. in Yeah, evening. I got a lot so, of mid. I got a lot of like in the middle of the night <laughs> messages from people. And then I didn't know if I was allowed because I had done another one. So I was like, can you do another podcast? You know, I remember that question coming in. Yeah. So that. Yep. That was me. So, yeah. So I'm an I'm an NPE. And yeah, you probably probably don't know much, but that's awesome. You got so many people who want to to be it honest. is, yeah. It was so exciting. I, I guess I just should put those out more often. Um, mm -hmm. People con, you know, people contact me enough to to obviously keep the podcast going. Um, yeah, but I've never had that many at once. I guess saying it was the last seven or something really something really yeah. lit a fire for people. Yeah, yeah. So how long how long has your discovery been? Um, five and a half years. Okay, and so I I feel old now. Like uh -huh. in the beginning, I felt like I was like a, a new baby. And now every time I turn around, people are like 2021, I found out a year ago. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm like old now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Old. Five, five and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. Senior class. Yeah. Thanks. This is mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. It was my graduation. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so the, yeah. So you and I are just like right on the tails of each other. Yeah. And so when I found out there was nothing, mm -hmm. like I didn't know about anything and there was there was no books there I mean, there was like maybe one book like Danny Shapiro's book hadn't even yeah. come out I think it was like Stranger in My Dream My Jeans was the only book mm -hmm. Inheritance Inheritance was out and Stranger in My Jeans mm -hmm. yes and so it I was in I was in New York City with my sister on vacation in July of 2018 and one of my friends saw on Good Morning America the story mm -hmm. and then I found that support group which was life changing for me so I think it's awesome now that there's so many resources it's really fun it's awesome it's awesome yeah i even went through a little bit of jealousy of like where was all this shit when i found out you know what i mean like so i got through that because i think it's great that we walked uphill can... both ways i mean for real for real so i i think it's great that there's all these resources now for folks that are just finding out yeah, yeah. i think they're going to yeah. do better mentally so oh gosh i hope so that would be great yeah. if we could see Yes. We could see, like really see change in yeah. that way. That would be really great. So tell yeah. me about, tell me about growing up. Tell me about where you come from, what your family that you grew um, up with or what, you know, I tell me your story. Pretty, I had a pretty good childhood. Um, I grew up in New York. I'm the youngest of three. Um, we had a great childhood. My mom stayed home. She wasn't your loving, nurturing mother. Um, my dad was great. Um, our grandparents were involved. I was in dance. We we had a really like pretty good childhood. We talked about things. Um, I didn't realize until I was an adult that we didn't talk about emotions and, and things like that. But I have great memories from my childhood. Um, so when you North say Carolina, we talked about things, what do you mean? Like we talked about 
things that happened in the family. We would talk mm. about drugs. I remember when I was in, I think, fourth grade and the Ryan White story had come out. Right. And I remember asking my mom, like, would you let me be friends with him? And she's like, of course I would. She's like, you'd have to be safe. And, you know, like things like that. And I was like, wow, like my mom's progressive. Like this is we talked about. Yeah, we talked about things like that. We talked about drugs. We talked about we didn't talk about sex, but we talked. I could talk to my mom about things that happened with my friends. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, my dad and I, we would do daddy daughter date nights. He would do these, um, radio station contests and always win movie tickets and CDs. And he would take me on dates and it was, it was great. And was there, um, a religion or a, a culture, ethnicity in particular? Um, we grew, well, we were non-practicing Catholics, but we were sent to religion class <laughs> right. and we made all of our sacraments, but mm -hmm. we didn't go to church. It was for the looks of it. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Um. And my mother is Italian Irish, so we grew up very heavily like Italian, like with that kind of culture, mm -hmm. um, which was great. And Irish, so I I, I love those ethnicities, um, and I'm grateful that I actually still have those. Ah, uh, spoiler. Okay. Um. Yeah. So those I, I got to keep, which was which was great. So not really heavy on like religion, but we 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 did you know have to do the sacraments and all of things. But I think that was just for the looks for the looks of it, not for heaven. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. Just for the looks of it and, and probably for my 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 mother's mother. She was really, really, really into church. Gotcha. Not overbearing, but she mm -hmm. it was important to her. Um, you know, Great Depression era, all that. Like they Irish very into the Lord and Jesus and all, all the mm -hmm. things. Um, mm -hmm. which I appreciate. I, I I love that part. And where in New York? Long Island. Okay. I've heard of it. Uh Suffolk County, like Port Jefferson area. Mm-hmm. Sure. North Shore. Yep. I was actually born in Nassau County. So we lived in Long Beach, Long Island. And then we moved to out into uh, Suffolk County out east when I was about six years old. Okay. Um, and I did do I did do a half a year of Catholic school in first grade. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So she had us do Catholic school. Yes. All the looks, all the looks, all the looks. Um, so, yeah. And then when I was 15, my dad lost his business. Mm. Things were not going well. They were losing the house. And then we had to move to North Carolina. And what was the business? Uh, my dad was an insurance adjuster. Okay. So like if a tornado came to your house, he would come out and assess the damage and work with your insurance company. Sure. And so then we moved to North Carolina. Um, but my brother and sister stayed in New York. So then I became like an only child. I went from the youngest of like a very big family. Like we moved, my grandmother died. And like, it was like a whole new chapter of life. Um, but I still... Thought my I thought my family was still who my family was. Sure. Yeah, of course. My mom's and I relationship really started to get like this mm. around that time. Um, She's and, crunching her fists together for anybody that's listening and not watching. <laughs> <laughs> she that was not she did not put her hands into the shape of a heart. No, I did not. I said when our relationship was so I'm going to say conflict began. Yes. And mm -hmm. we went through periods of not talking with each other. And uh, and I hated I hated being in North Carolina when I was 16. Um, that is a I, tough move from I had gone through school, like where I came from the school, like the kids I was in 10th grade with I was in first grade with. Yeah, like we were all so that was really, really hard. And I wanted to go back. Yeah, that's a hard move. I begged and begged and begged and begged and begged to finally she agreed. And I actually went back to New York for my senior year and I lived with my best friend and her parents became my legal guardians. That should have been a red flag. Oh, really? Right? Well, because I, I wanted it. But mm -hmm. who actually who actually signs away your like she was ready to be done. Like she was the legal like, guardianship, I guess, is a surprise. Right. She was like, go ahead. And like I, I had two jobs in high school. I paid for like my prom. I paid for my senior trip. I paid for all that. Like they were they were done. But I thought, oh, my God, they gave me what I wanted. Right. So I didn't, I didn't yeah. realize that that should have been a little bit of a red flag. Hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I like to say, like, I've been out on my own since 16, even though I was with my friend and her family. And they're great. They're my second family. But I've, I've kind of been out of there since 16. And then I went back to North Carolina for college. I always wanted to go. Where, That's yeah, ironic I wanted, or whatever. <laughs> well, I didn't go where they were living, but I always wanted to go out of state for school. And I still got in-state tuition. So I really thought oh, ding, I, ding, 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 ding. Yeah, I thought I was really like working. Not ironic, there. pragmatic, brilliant. Right? I work, yeah, I was working the system. I was mm -hmm. getting my loans a little lower than anyway. Excellent. Okay, I get it. Say no more. Mm -hmm. 
yeah and so um i mean you want me to go up to my discovery or i mean i mean yes yeah just what so what 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 prompted you to take the test or what you know what what's how the relationship develop after that um it my mom and i've been rocky ever since like just periods of it um she also drinks a lot uh, i'll call her an alcoholic now um she drinks a lot now um and that that played into us not speaking which which i'll get to but um but it was good like we you know just roller coaster over the years but my dad and i have always been very very close always so in march of 2017 him and i took a road trip up to new york to go visit family so he could see his mom my grandmother's still alive that plays into this she's 90 she's 93 and she is a with it 93 like full conversation does her grocery shopping she doesn't drive but she's fully with it so we went up there and you know we're as you do you talk about family stories and ancestry and all of that and i'm like you know what I'm going to do the ancestry DNA because we've always heard there's Native American in our family. And, and I'm going to go find that out. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to see if I can find out some military records on my uncle. And I'm, I'm going to find some Italian relatives and go visit them. This is going to be great. So I get the kit. And it sits on my desk for three months. I never mm -hmm. spit it. I just kept walking by it. I look back now and I, I think like I, I, I may have felt something that I just like very quickly dismissed. Mm -hmm. But it just sat there. And I remember my friend going like, you still haven't done that? Like, just do it. So I did it. Got my results back in August. And I was 51% Ashkenazi Jew. It's, well, it didn't say Ashkenazi Jew. It said Jew, European Jewish. I'm sorry, European Jewish. Oh, my God, that's so weird. Did they put Germany in the Jewish section? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I am, I'm, a, I'm, I'm kind of intelligent. I know that that is not how that works, but this is what I'm doing. I mean, I think, yeah, I think time and time again, we know that's what we do. We're just the denial. You're making it. You're making it work. I mean, you are right. So I know that I should be about, well, at the time, 25% Italian, 25% Irish, and then 25% German and whatever my dad's dad was. I now know you don't get even amounts, right? So even if all that were true, I could have 40% Italian, 10% Irish, just the way the marbles fall, right? So I'm asking everyone and they're like, yeah, that must be what they've done. It must be all your grandfather stuff just lumped in. I don't, I don't know why they call it, you know, European Jewish. So I'm like, yeah, okay. Put it away. Mm -hmm. I put it away. Mm -hmm. I never saw the DNA matches section. Ah, uh, I didn't even know there was one. Mm -hmm. So it's the Sunday after Thanksgiving in 2017. My husband and I are watching Stranger Things. Okay. Till this day, when I listen to the Stranger th Think, uh, the theme song, it still does something to my body. So we get to episode four, and I'm like, nah, it's not for me. I got a little scared. Everyone can make fun of me. I'm not a Stranger Things fan. I'm sorry. The first season? Yeah. I wish I could be, but I'm just not. It's okay. I only watched the first season. I thought it was great, but I didn't feel like I needed to watch any more. I don't do well. I don't do well with like scary and like suspense. It's the it was for sure the limit. That was as high as as bad as I can tolerate. Like, I got to mute it and like watch it between my fingers. Like so I'm like, you know what? You watch this. I'm going to work on my ancestry stuff. Hmm. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun, right. So I sit down. I open up my computer, this very computer that I'm on. And I'm like, oh, my God, there's matches. This is so cool. So I go and I'm looking. And I'm like everybody else, right? I'm not recognizing any of the names, but I know that there's two people on my dad's side that have done their ancestry DNA and I don't see them. And then I type in their username because, you know, I'm now I'm going through emails and I'm getting the information. I'm going through the, and it says you are not a match or they have not taken a test, but I know they've taken a test. Oh, I do have to fill you in on something. Let me stop for a second. Stop. Back it up. Back it up. Sorry. We look nothing alike. Ah, ah, that one. I look nothing like my father. I'm sorry. I don't know why this didn't pop in. I look nothing like my father. I look just like my mom. Someone just posted a freaking picture the other day of all five of us. And when I was a kid, I showed this picture to my mom and I'm like, why don't we all look like each other? Like this family, like my friend's family, they all look like each other. She has five brothers and sisters. I'm like, we don't look like them. And my mom's like, well, genetics and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. So growing up, people joked that I'm the milkman's kid as a joke. 
we all joke about it. I look nothing like my dad. I used to joke as a kid, mom, I'm going to take a paternity test one day. Like, there's no way. Like, is that really like my dad? We would joke about this over the years. Of course, that's your dad. Da, 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 da. So when I saw that his cousin and I didn't match, I knew. I knew. Wow. I called everybody. Mm-hmm. I called my brother. I called my sister. I called my dad. I called my aunt. Everybody. That's crazy. The lab made a mistake. Your father's your father. Uh, what's the age difference? What's the age difference between you and your siblings? My sister is six and a half years older than me. And my brother is two years older than me. Okay. So my parents have been married nine years by the time I was born. Mm-hmm. So my mom at this time is in Florida. This is a Sunday. She's with her best friend, who also plays a very big part in the story. And they're getting ready to go on a cruise the next day. So I call my mom. She'll answer her phone. Call her again. She'll answer her phone. I text her. I tell her what happened. Shouldn't respond. Now I launch. So this is what this is what I do. And I still do it to this day. I'm working on it in therapy. When I get hit, I launch. Like there's no, let me stop and meditate and do emotional regulation. Like I tell my clients, I launch. Zero to 60. I said for the last time I'm going to ask you right now is daddy my dad. Is, is Gary my father? My aunt texts me. Oh, I'm sorry. So my mom's best friend, and I hate that I'm programmed this way. We always called her aunt and her name. Yeah, I knew exactly who you meant. And I can't, I can't undo that. I'm mm-hmm. working on it, but I can't undo it. So she texts me. Of course, he's your father. And da 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 da. My mother never called me back. And on the next day, went on a cruise for a week. Don't salt her game. She's trying to go vacation. <laughs> she is. I have one other part I forgot to tell you. You're gonna kill me. No, 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 no. <laughs> This is what it's like. This is life, man. On the road trip with my dad that I took in March of Mm -hmm. 2017, on the way home, we're driving. And I'm like, I'm going to do the ancestry DNA test, dad. Like, seriously, I'm going to find out about your brother. We're going to prove that he's lying about this. And And he goes, you know, Chris, you know, sometimes people do that. And they find out things they don't want to know. Stop. Swear to God. When I called him, he wasn't surprised. Uh Uh-huh. Wasn't surprised. Cut two. So that's Sunday. Thursday is day one of my EMDR training. And for those of you that don't know what EMDR is, oh it is trauma therapy. So I am a trauma therapist who just had the biggest traumatic event happen in her life. And I'm now going to my own trauma training to get trained to help other people in their trauma. Uh oh. Fun, right? Fun, fun, fun. Okay. So Friday night, me my sister and my dad go to dinner and he tells us stories about our mom that we didn't know. Are they married? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They just, they've been married 52 years. They're still married. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he tells us stories. She partied a lot. Um, before I was born, he had a conversation with her that I'm not your babysitter. You need to stop going out every weekend. Like she would go out and party every weekend. He was home with the kids. So let me believe this is pretty true. He and I did a paternity test. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, he's don't tell your mother I'm doing this, right? So, I literally after my after the trauma training, right, the three days of trauma training, on Sunday go to his house. My mom's gone now, right? Which the universe she's never left the country. So this was so divine how this happened. Him and I are having dinner and freaking swabbing our fucking cheeks, right? That's amazing, and it's interesting. Um, he participated in all of it, right? It's a, it's a really sad story with him that I'll, that I'll, I'll get to. So did the paternity test, um, had my first panic attack. December 6th, Oh. December 6th, pulling up the results, seeing zero, zero yeah. percent. Yeah. Full-blown panic attack. Oh. Um, my brother and sister were great. They were like, you're our sister. You're always going to be our sister because uh, I got more surprises for you. At that time, I thought, well, I'm the only one that's not like they're my half siblings. They're full siblings and they're all a family. What am I? And do they look like do they do they look like your dad? I was going to ask you that earlier when you were talking about how you look like your mom and don't look like your dad. Is that do the other siblings? My sister kind of does look like my dad. She doesn't really look like my mom. The older she gets, she's looking at my looking like my mom and she will kill me when she hears that I just said that. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Even though we talk about it all the time. It's so common. It's so funny. 
my brother ver verdicts i don't know who he he's got my dad's height that's the problem my dad is six four my brother's six five mm -hmm. brother looks very italian he actually looks like my mother's brother a lot mm -hmm. but my brother's my sister's son looks identical to my brother gotcha yeah so anyway i mean yeah so it's not i mean it's not like you were all wild, wildly different but you still felt out of place um yes compared yes, to yes, other yes. families where there was like an obvious yeah mirror right so then i tell my dad and i remember looking at his face as he's pulling up the i emailed it to him and he was he was still shocked a little bit hmm. and he looked at me and he said listen you're my daughter and you're always going to be my daughter this doesn't change anything which was great which was great now I was like, what do I do? And this is where I wish I would have had resources because like I said, I launched, right? So I went to my mom's house, parked my car on the side of the house and just sat in the kitchen and waited till she came home from work and just blindsided her. Where was your dad? In his office. Shouldn't have had him there. I did it. If I could go back, I would have done that differently because he was there. Mm -hmm. My brain, I didn't even have, I didn't give myself 24 hours to process it. Mm -hmm. Like I was just in and no one around me knew what to do. So they couldn't say like, Chris, take a breath. Maybe we shouldn't go out there and talk to her yet. Like nobody even know what to do with me. So she did what? Yeah, mom, I did this and says, daddy's not my dad. I'm shocked. That's her response. I'm shocked. <laughs> I'm shocked. Does, does daddy know? I said, yeah. <gasps> She's freaking out that my father knows. Mm-hmm and starts to panic and almost go into like, he's gonna hurt me. He's So now I'm, I'm comforting her. Sure. Mm -hmm. She's a narcissist, right? I'm comforting her, but she's got nothing for me. And I'm like, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking find out who it is. You tell me you have no clue. I'm gonna fucking find out who this is. I don't, I don't know how, but I'm gonna find out who this man is. You can't do that. You can't do this to another family. Like what, what, are, you, what are you talking about? So that started little bit of the demise of stuff okay so when we found this out my sister's like well i'll go take a dna test because there's obviously something wrong right good for her right love it helping out how my my sister and i how we have stayed so close like is a true testament of of our love for each other her results come back on december 26th she don't match the people on my dad's side that she's supposed to match <gasps> and she's got all these freaking italian people that i don't have Oh no. And this is where I start to learn about centum organs. Right. And I'm like, she's legit. Like, she's not daddy's freaking kid either. What the fuck? Oh, oh no. So we just so we, we 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 put it away, right? I finally do end up getting a therapist. Wait, what do you mean you put it away? Right. I put it away because so December 6th, I find out. I confront my mom on December 7th. On December 13th, my cousin who's my mom's best friend's son, overdoses. Uh, mm -hmm. Now we're at a funeral. So now we find this out. Me, my sister, my mom, and my dad, after I've just confronted my mother, are on a plane to Fort Lauderdale to go to a fucking funeral. Then we come home and we all celebrate Christmas as a family because my sister has two children. Fabulous. Just fabulous. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In a week, my husband and I are going to Disney World on a vacation. We find this out on September, December 26th. We literally, we have to put it aside. There's no way her and I can even start to dig into what that is. But she's seen it. Oh yeah, she's seen it too. And she's like, I, we can't, like, can't, mm -hmm. can't. Yeah, no, okay. Yeah, I understand, no, I understand that. I just didn't know yeah. if, um, yeah. Thank yeah. you for clarifying. Yep, I'm just so, imagining, I'm imagining that it's, you and that your sister's eye contact in that moment. And I just can't. That's the part of the story that surprises me that most people are like, what? Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's not his either. Okay, so I'm doing all this research, da 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 da, I'm, and, and I'm having a conversation with my mom because she knows I'm. She calls me a dog with a bone. She knows I'm not putting this down, and I'm gonna figure out who it was. So I ask her, "Were you having an affair then? Like, were you having an affair? Uh, like, you know?" She looks at me and she goes, "Not then." Oh, and she was like, "I can't talk about this. Your father's in the other room," and we get off the phone. I remember going into the bedroom where my husband was and just telling him, and like our mouths were just dropped. So mm -hmm. cut to my sister, my mom, and I, we all go to dinner. Okay. We're going to talk about this. That's one way to do it. I record the entire conversation. I still have not listened to it. And she doesn't know that I recorded it. She comes clean about everything with my sister's father. Oh. Everything. But still holds to 
I'm still surprised. I thought that you were Gary's with me. Now at that time we tell her, okay, we love you. We're not mad at you. We can't throw stones. We know, we know marriage is hard. We don't know what was going on in your marriage. We don't know what Gary was doing. Who are we to throw stones? That's not what we're going to do. But you know, we, we got to be in this together a little bit because we're a little traumatized finding out Gary's not our dad, right? But she's not healthy because she's a narcissist. Desiree, my sister and I, Desiree and I thought that things were going okay. One day in April, my what does she and I say? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> the story is stunning me. It's stunning me from like one step to the next. So you're sitting at this restaurant. Is it an Italian restaurant? Are there it red is. and white checkered tablecloth? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. And it's like breadsticks. And there's like yes, those, yes, those, little, yes, those candles. In Burlington, North Carolina. Yes. And it looks like we're in Italy. Yes. I swear to God. That yes. just needs to be a part of it. And she yes. and you say, okay, like we we don't want to, we don't want to judge you. This is all really shocking. And what does she say in response? Does she understands or she says, I can't believe you girls don't hate me. Mom, we would never hate you. We love you. You're our mother. So we thought this was in, this is in February. So we thought things were like, okay. I'm putting quotation marks. Mm -hmm, for everybody. Mm -hmm. I, I think things are okay. One day in April, my sister and I get a text message from my mother. I don't care. You girls can disparage me, but what you put your father through and like goes off on us out of nowhere. I probably still have that text message, but I have other ones and it would take me forever to kind of flip through them. So you just yelled at me. What did I tell you I do? You yelled at me. You're going to launch <laughs> zero to 60. I go off. I go off. And that starts another like, now we're not talking. And now it's harder for my dad and I to have a relationship because my mother and I aren't speaking. I'm not allowed at the house. So when I go with my dad to VA appointments, I now have to park my car at the Home Depot and he has to meet me there. Instead of putting his foot down saying, Chris is coming to the house, right? So you can see the wedge is like starting. Cut to February of 2020. My mother had been complaining. She doesn't feel well. Her thyroid, this and that, da, 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 da. So I'm going with her to all these doctor's appointments. And she's almost has cirrhosis of the liver. Like that's how much she's been drinking. That's how damaged she is. So the doctor's telling her she can't be on it or she can't drink and all the things. And she's agreed not to and, and all the stuff. Then I find out she's drinking again. And I call her up and I go off on her. I'm like, I'm taking time off of work. I'm doing all of this. You're going to get fucking cirrhosis and you are drinking. I was like, well, then Desiree and I are going to come out there and let's have a conversation about what you do when you bleed out. And what's going to happen when your health continues to decline? Because that's what's going to happen. She goes, nope, don't come here. I said, fine. You want me out of your life? You don't want me to care about you? She goes, no. I said, fine. And that's when I decided I'm not going to have a relationship with her anymore. So that was February of 2020. So now I'm still trying to have a relationship with my dad while I don't have one with my mom, which is hard. My dad comes to visit me in April of 2020, or maybe it was May of 2020 when restaurants, like you could sit outside. We went to a Mexican restaurant. I explained to him why I don't want her in my life and how him and I are going to have a relationship. And he seems to be on board. Mm -hmm, okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So now it's August of 2020. My dad's turning 70. I want to do something really, really big. So I decided to make this birthday video for him where everyone's going to send birthday messages. Well, I'm not speaking to my mom. So to get her to get the video was so enormously difficult, but we got it. Well, my mom's best friend, this woman, can I give her a name? Do I think of her a fake name? What do I? But maybe just don't give a last name. Okay. I mean, unless it's incredibly unique and we're and everyone, you're like, her no, name is Lady Gaga. Then we no, wouldn't no, no, all no. know it was <laughs> her name's Madonna. No. Um, yeah, she lives in New York. She's yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Her name's Liz. Liz is common. Liz. And Liz. so Liz and my dad have been friends for years also. So they've been friends for 50 something years. When all of this was happening, my sister and I reached out to Liz who said she was going to like help us. And, and, and of course, and of course we're going to, and like, then we never heard from her again. She's the woman that went on the cruise with your mom. Yes. And they're, they're, they're like this. So, mm -hmm. oh, sorry. I keep forgetting to tell you other pieces. Okay. So my sister's father, the real father, Liz introduced them. Liz, them, Liz and her father. I mean, and my sister's biological father, your sister. She introduced your sister to her biological father or your mom. No my mom so the okay. so my mom cheated on my dad with um we'll call him c liz is the one who introduced my mother to c 
50 years, I mean, not 50 years, 40 years ago, whatever. In, <laughs> in, 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 in 1973, in 1973. Gotcha, 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 okay. And this is coming from my mother's mouth. She said to Liz, but he's not cute. And Liz says, but he drives a caddy. Yeah. He's got money. It's Long Island, you guys. I mean, this isn't, this isn't, we're in Brooklyn now. Guys. Uh. We're in this, I mean, we're partying. <laughs> I mean, they're at some big clubs with some big Italian families. Mm-hmm. I've seen Summer of Sam. I know what their life was like. Yeah. yeah. So my mom initially said no, but then Liz kind of was like, egged it on, right? So I'm like, you're, you're gross and you're kind of evil and I don't really like you. She's kind of a shit starter, huh? A little bit, right? So. My sister and I decide not to put Liz in the birthday video. I don't think that's going to go well. I don't know where the <laughs> audience is with this, but I don't think this is going to go well. I don't I don't see this turning out well. Um, well, I'll let you be the judge of that. So it is August 14th, 2020. And I decided to Facebook Live my dad watching the video so that everyone can see because his mom's still alive and everyone who's here right can see. It's a pandemic, so everybody can't get together for a big party. Let's remind everybody of that, right? It's 2020, so we can't all get, there's no big fest, festivities for him. So the best way to get together at that point is a Facebook Live. Right. And so it's me and my husband, my sister, her husband, the two kids, and my parents. So I have to be around my mom for this event, but we're not really, I mean, we're we're surface, like interacting because I have to, but I'm we're still not like speaking. So Everyone's commenting, this is great, da, da, da. and I'm in the car reading them. Well, Liz goes off about me not, not, not being in the video. I've known your father, just the whole thing. I've known your father. In, in the comments on the live? Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> so everyone yeah. can read them. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I go back to, I say, oh, you don't want me to put you on blast on here. I'll let you know exactly why I didn't put you in that video, and I don't think you want that. Because I'm going to go toe-to-toe. Here's the problem. You can't do that with a narcissist. You can't, you're not going to win. Right. You are not going to win. I said, well, I'll, I'll make sure Gary sees these comments tomorrow and, and we'll, we'll, we'll let him be the judge of how you spoke to his daughter. Cause she called me all kinds of names. She told me I was crazy. She called me a bitch, all these things. Right. So I'm like, so my sister's like, my sister hates confrontation. That's surprising to me. I'm the sister that's like, let's go. My oldest sister's like, nope, we're the peacekeeper. We're not doing that. So she's like, stop responding. It's not worth it. That doesn't work for me because I launch. You're, you see red. I am the truth teller. We're not going to do that. So I think I got it in the bag. I'm going to call my dad tomorrow. Liz is going to be in so much fucking trouble. Right? So I FaceTime my dad. And I'm starting to explain to him. He goes, I heard. And in walks my mom in the back. She gets in. You didn't put Liz in there because you don't like her. I said, no, I don't like her. And I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to daddy. She starts going off on me, calls me a bitch. My dad does nothing. This is August of 2020. For three years, my husband has had to watch me get treated like shit by my family and no support with this DNA stuff. So when he hears my mom call me a bitch, he jumps off the couch. He said, we wouldn't be in this predicament if you would have kept your legs closed. Oh, oh boy. Saying a lot of other really vulgar things. Mm-hmm. And my dad go, and, and when he said it, I knew I like, I felt something shift. And my dad goes, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. And we couldn't get off fast enough. So I just shut the computer down. And I actually have that on one of the, the video cameras that we have in the house. And I, I, I just lost it because I knew. I knew I lost. I'm like, how did how did Liz do that? Now at this point, I haven't told anybody in the family because I'm still protecting my mom. She doesn't want anybody to know. When I told her that I told my best friend, she was so mad at me. And I'm like, I have to process this. She doesn't understand that. She wants you to just put it away, act like it didn't happen. So I'm like, well, fuck that. You just did that to me and I'm holding your secret? So I told everybody in the family, except for my grandmother, except for my grandmother. So I'm thinking, all right, this is going to be a couple of weeks. But my dad and I are like, we're it's my dad. My uncle dies in September. My dad doesn't call to tell me. 
I'm thinking, okay, maybe he's just really upset. June of 2021, so this is like a couple months after, my brother's daughter's graduating high school. And I emailed my dad to say, hey, can we talk? And he writes me back and he goes, talk about what? Mm. I said, how we can all coexist at the graduation. I don't think it's a good idea. If you have anything to say, you can call me. And then I find out they're not going to the graduation because I'm going. And I spiral. And then I realize, oh my God, my dad doesn't want anything to do with me. And we have no relationship for three years. So throughout this whole DNA discovery, I have no relationship with my mom by my choice, but I lost my relationship with my dad. And I have no relationship with my biological father's family. Have you found them? Yep. Yeah. A year to the day, I found out who my biological father was. Freaking insane. A year to the day. So November 26, 2018, got the last piece. And they don't want anything to do with me either. So I struggle with the why did I discover this? Mm-hmm. And I struggle with finding other people who have lost all of it. Because a lot of people have some really cool stories, which is awesome, where like they connect with the father or they have a newfound sibling. I've yet to find someone who hasn't connected with anybody mm-hmm. and then doesn't have a relationship with their the parents that they grew up with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So you you feel really isolated. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um. So for a long time, the story was, well, my father's not going to talk to me because my husband hasn't apologized to my mother. So my nephew graduates college in May. And he goes to to um, Charlotte, where I live. So he's an hour from me. So the party and everything's going to be here. So I'm just praying they don't come. So I don't want to have to be around them. But they're coming. So I'm going to have to be around them. And my husband's like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to apologize to her. Now, I don't want him to. Because in that moment when he did that, as vulgar as it was, I felt for the first time somebody had my back. Somebody stood up for me. I say it was the most romantic thing my husband's ever done was cuss my mother out. People laugh, but it was. It was, I loved that he did that. So I didn't want him to apologize. So he did. He apologized. We were at Top Golf and my parents were walking in. And he went over and he apologized to my mother, who had tears in her eyes like lunatic, right? And apologizes to my dad. And my dad says, it shouldn't have taken you three years. I wanted to take a golf club to my father's head at that very moment. And for the rest of that night, they walked by me like I was invisible. And when we were outside in the parking lot leaving, they both went up to my husband again to thank him and walked right by me like I was nothing. Man, everybody in this family, I mean, everybody, what I mean is you and your parents and maybe your husband are very demonstrative with their feelings. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 Everybody's really showing, showing their colors to each other. Yes. Yes. Um, at the, so I didn't really interact with them except the next day at the lunch, I, I drank a lot. And uh, apparently at the end, I don't remember this because I was in a little bit of a, we'll say a brownout. Um, I hugged them and thanked them for coming, which I wish that I hadn't done. Um, and they still want nothing to do with me. My father still wants nothing to do with me. And that's a really, really hard pill to swallow because I had the best dad growing up. I even did a workshop for like NPEs and adoptees and like, you know, your relationship with your dad and like not having a good one and how to recreate that. And it wasn't helpful because they were recreating like the father you would want to have. And I had that growing up. Mm-hmm. I had that. So, that's probably been the worst part of this entire experience is losing my dad. Because in order to have a relationship with him, I would have to have a relationship with my mother. And I don't want anywhere around that woman. Her, she's just pure evil. Her energy, she's just like, you, like talking about her, she's, like I'm twitching. Like my, my nervous system is like, she is not safe. Do not go near her. So that's my lovely little story. Yeah, you have to respect that that feeling. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, and they're a package deal. They are. I mean, that's the commitment they made. And, you know, my dad's the perfect enabler for a narcissist. Um, he just is. He just is. So, 
Yeah. So it's very interesting because my sister, so my sister and I couldn't be more different. She's a breast cancer survivor and she's a mother, which changes her view on a lot of things. And so she still has a relationship with them, which makes it very hard for us because she often feels in the middle. Sure. Yeah, of course. And, you know, like family secrets is the whole thing. And, and for a while, none of the kids knew. And then I looked like the bad guy. And so her and I, our, our relationship has really, really been tested by this entire thing. And I, and, and we've gone times with not talking and we yelled at each other. And, um, but I'm really, really proud of how her and I have worked through that because I couldn't do this without her. Mm -hmm. It's my only connection really to, to that family. I mean, I I have a relationship with my brother, but it's just different with my sister. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't even think to ask what was going on with your brother this whole time. The most popular question that I get is, well, is your brother your dad's too? And I don't know. He doesn't want to take a test. I actually offered him a thousand dollars to take a test. I offered his daughter who is 20 to take a test. Neither of them said yes. If someone offered me a thousand dollars for something, I would seriously consider that. But um, so he doesn't want to know, but he thinks he's my dad's. I don't. Mm. Um, he was in the Vietnam War. Your dad? Yes, and got malaria, and that makes you um, uh, sterile. Mm-hmm. And he also had a Humvee accident, um, and then developed some issues later. Um, and so I don't think he can have children. So I don't think my dad is his. So then the next question is, well, who's who do you think it is? Is it Desiree's biological father? Is it C? It's not mine. There's no way it's mine. Um, I mean, they don't want to have anything to do with you. So do you have any inkling of a story beyond just a party? Night? No, no. So okay. um, I mailed him a letter. Never heard anything. I reached out. Is he still in New York? No, he's in Florida. He's. <laughs> the other place for new yorkers to live right (laughs) right the carolinas or florida he's in delray beach um he's 86 i'm i'm 42 he's 86 my grandma's 93 y'all that 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 was fun um so i found so the way i found out is i have a half brother his um daughter was in there so my half niece his wife is actually the one who gave me bits and pieces to put this together. I emailed him. He is a prominent defense attorney in Florida. Um, he wrote back and told me to go fuck myself. I was like, oh, great. That was great. Then I found the emails for the two sisters and emailed them. One made contact. I went up to New York and met her and her husband. The brother told you to go F yourself or the dad? No, the brother, the prominent attorney says, go fuck yourself. Not even fuck you. Go fuck yourself. I was like, that's interesting. Those are interesting words. And then I guess he's a launcher him. too. Yeah. yeah. Look at that. Maybe um, it runs in the family. He's actually in a documentary for a case that he tried. And I actually just watched the whole hour of it this past weekend to see if I could see mannerisms. Um, he's a pompous ass. The only thing we have in common is that we're right-handed and we have big ears. That's it. His stick out a little more, but that's it. Um, so I find the emails from my two sisters, email them, the one I meet her. Um, I go up, she, she brings, she's, a, she's, she gives me a little bit of information. She's shocked. She has no idea. Um, he, uh, she said he's not a, she kept saying he's not a sophisticated man is what she kept saying. So in the family I grew up in, I'm the only one with college education. I have a master's degree. So, I mean, school, that's not, school's not for everyone. That's not my point, but it was always interesting. My biological father's family, they all have degrees. They all have master's degrees. Two of them are attorneys. I would have become a lawyer. I think I'd be pretty good at it, but I don't want to go to school for all those years. I thought, well, he must be really educated, right? That must be where I get that from. But he's not. She says he's racist. He's homophobic. Like He sounds like an asshole and someone that I probably would never want to meet. But he's charismatic and he's funny. That's, that's all I get. That's all I get from her about him. So we text a little bit, um, but not much. And then like February of 2020, like she ghosted me. I never heard from her again. A few months ago, it was bothering me for whatever. I was triggered by something. And I reached out to her husband who him and I have emailed a little bit. 
And I was like, I know it couldn't have been me, but I just don't understand why she got me a birthday present. She got me a beautiful birthday present. Jewish, uh, like a, uh, the eye thing. Got me mm-hmm. a beautiful gift. I'm like, I don't understand why she did that and met me and then never talked to me again. She got so much shit from everybody for meeting me that she couldn't continue to have a relationship with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah. Um, I look a little bit like her. I look a lot like her nieces. So that was kind of cool. Um, we did order the same thing at the restaurant, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, she likes Frank Sinatra. I like Frank Sinatra. Um, but that's it. So the story that I tell myself is I must have been a one night stand. They must have been partying and I had to have just been a one night stand. That's just what I tell myself because having to sit there and go, oh my God, was it rape? Was it sexual assault? Was I was just too much for my brain? So I just decided to create that story for myself. So I'll never know. Um, yeah, I'll never know. I'll never know. So it's kind of, it's crazy. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Every now and then I Google them. Um, and every now and then I will look to see if he's alive because I do plan on visiting his grave when he's not here. I figure that's the closest that I'll get to meeting him. Oh, I'd love to go down and stalk him, but Delray Beach is really far away. Otherwise, you'd be right there. Otherwise, I would totally do a road trip. Like these people who are like, oh my God, he lives in my town. I'm like, oh my God, I would be arrested for stalking. <laughs> totally be arrested for stalking. Oh man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry your story leaves you a little bit of an island. Yeah. Right? Sounds Yeah. It sounds lonely. It even sounds lonely in the the NPE community because you said you feel like you you haven't been able to meet anybody that's as isolated as you from everybody. Right. But I know that they're out there. Yeah, they're uh, out there. The other thing that I found interesting that didn't hit me until the conference was like I don't not jealousy, maybe envy, envy. Because in the donor-conceived land, right, they can fight for laws, right, against what the fertility community is doing, right? And they can educate. And adoptees can do all – there's, like, there's active things that – Advocacy. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I, I, I don't, like, I envy, like, you and Alexis who have done, like, podcasts and turned it into something. I've yet to figure out like what to do with it. You know what I mean? Like they can advocate and do all these things. And I just feel like, what, how do we advocate? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like go find the mothers who are lying to their children and tell them why it's a good, you know what I mean? Like what? Yeah, that's a good, yeah, that's a good question. What is, what are the things you, what are the things you can do? How do you? Yeah. Uh And Uh I stopped asking why, because it's not important. It's not important. Um, but it's kind of like, I do look at my life before and after. If I talk about memories from before the discovery, I say mommy and daddy mm-hmm. or mom mm-hmm. and dad. Mm-hmm. After, I use their first names. It's so, it's so, it's so weird like that. So yeah, I don't know. Like a book just seems like a daunting task. And yeah, so I'm just, I don't know what to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe I don't have to do anything with it, but I still just, I said, I just said to my sister the other day, I still just can't believe this is my life. I still just can't believe that this is my life some days. It, it's just nothing you could have ever fathomed. Even for your dad to say in the car, you know, some people do those tests and find out things they don't want to know. I'm sure he didn't even imagine the level of implosion that was going to occur or hoped it wouldn't happen. Like it was just too scary. So he just because it's, it's yeah. he just shut it down for himself after yeah. that comment. And he doesn't know about my sister. Wow. We didn't tell him. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't want to tell him. And and for a while, I didn't agree because he couldn't understand why we were all fighting. Because mm-hmm. he was missing this piece. But I wouldn't want him to know that. I I, I mean, I, I don't I don't know how he stays married to her after no like I don't know how. I I, I don't. I don't know what you had to shove down or do inside your body to do that. I don't. I'm so sick of being in grief. Grieving that's been really, really hard. Because like I said, he said, you're my daughter. And you're always going to be my daughter. Yeah, that sounds like the biggest loss in all of this um, is your is the loss of your dad. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's too bad. So I say, well, you know, when he's, well, when my mom dies, mm -hmm. which I was about to ask how her health is doing. Did she stop <laughs> drinking? No, she's still drinking. My mom, my sister said she sounds like my grandmother in the morning. Like she's probably got COPD because mm. I think she still smokes. But, um, you know, those people take a while to die. They do. It's like, I'm like, you just can't kill these people. You just can't. Um, so when she dies, maybe, but then there's a part of me that's like, I don't even want a relationship with you because of what you did to me. You know, like the amount of therapy that I've had to be in, because as you know, right? Because I had something similar happen with my grandfather. You know, history repeats itself. Um, my mom's dad, they didn't have, they, at the end, like they didn't speak for a while. Um, and my grandfather cut me out for a while because of his wife. And so my subconscious is like, well, you just wait, your husband's going to do the same thing. Because if your dad left, you just wait. And hmm. I have to really, really work hard on that in therapy. Yeah. Have you been in therapy this whole time? Yes, with the same therapist. Love her. I mean, you said you said I found a therapist at some point. So yeah. Yeah. So the beauty of being a therapist and having lots of friends that are therapists is when this happened, I asked three different people for a therapist recommendation and they mm -hmm. all gave me the same name. Oh, wow. Allison. Oh, that's great. Allison Todd. I love her. I love her. We love, love you, her. Allison. She's amazing. And what's it been like for you as a therapist navigating this world? Um, Does it change your perspective on things or do you or have you ever had NPEs come through your office? I have. I have. I've had a few. Um, it's not something that I want to specialize in just because my stuff's so still entangled with my dad's stuff. Um, my specialty has become working with daughters of narcissistic mothers. And I really enjoy that. I really, really enjoy that. Um, some days it's really hard to be at work. And some days I welcome the distraction of being able to just dive into my client's world. So some days are harder than others. Um, in the beginning, it was, it was, it was hard. I mean, there were days that I had to like take off and not work. And I have the best clients that are flexible with things, but um, it was hard. It was really, really hard. Yeah, I relate to that. Just coming, especially when, so it's like two, right? My DNA discovery and like all of that being like a blur after. But then with the pandemic and then that happening with my dad, it was like I was so sick of being in trauma, right? Because with the pandemic, you're not supposed to be experiencing what your clients are experiencing at the same time, right? So like we're doing that, right? And then I'm going through this whole trauma like with my dad and like I was, you know, it, it was a, it was a mind fuck. It was a big, big mind fuck. Um, I didn't have any clients where like, it was exactly like the same. Right. Um, where you're like, stop, stop, stop. Can't, right, right, right. Can't handle. Right. Mm -hmm. But, um, I look at people differently now. Ooh, is that, Ooh, I don't think that's her dad. I do that a lot. Mm -hmm. Do that a lot. Um, I don't like when people say it makes me a better therapist. Cause I'm like, I was a pretty good therapist before. What made you become a therapist? How did that, how was that? What, how, what, where did that come from? <laughs> where did that come from? I thought I was really good at giving people advice. Um, <laughs> I was always interested as a kid at why people did what they did. I was just always fascinated by that. And I, as I became a teenager, as I was talking about, it, I remember saying like, I feel like everything starts in the home. And so it kind of was like a natural thing. I tried a couple of different majors out in college, but I just found psychology just so fascinating. So fascinating. And I knew that I wanted to talk with people and I didn't want to do research and all of that. So um, I went right into it. So like I didn't work. And then like I did, I graduated my bachelor's program and then started my master's program on that Monday and went through. And I loved it. Biggest, best career. And now, now I can say the career chose me. Now I can say that but I was absolutely supposed to be a therapist. So yeah, I just mm -hmm. always was interested in people and why they did what they did. My, my grandfather cheating on my grandmother when I was 12, I think had a lot to do with that. I thought he was perfect and wonderful. Um, would, I didn't understand why my grandmother like wouldn't divorce him and like took him back. And I, I just, that would be so confusing for a 12 year old. I had all these emotions. And so like we talked about it, but like, they still had to come to my eighth grade graduation. And I was told I had to be nice. And my he married his mistress eight months after my grandmother died. And I was forced to go to the wedding. So like those things really impacted me. Mm. 
and then I struck, you know, I struggled with depression a lot as a, as a teenager dealing with all of that. So yeah, I was always interested in why people did what they did. I was just always so interested in that. So yeah, it was just kind of a natural thing to become a therapist. I worked with addiction for a long time and my mom's alcoholism, like she didn't really drink when we were growing up. And as a teenager, like there, she wasn't drinking all the time. Um, so working in addiction was nice because I didn't have any of that in my family. Um, and that's kind of what, le- and then I went into private practice and that's what led me into doing trauma work mm-hmm. was realizing like, that's what's missing. And they don't teach you that in grad school and, and all the things. So I think it's just funny that this happened. And then I was doing like my EMDR training that week. Like I had to talk to my facilitator. I couldn't do any of the practice stuff. Like it was, Mm-mm. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So as someone that likes to give advice, what, what do you wish you knew when this all first happened? Or what do you, do you wish you did anything differently or what advice would you have for somebody? I don't think I wish I did anything differently. I wish I would have had more resources. So for those that find out at just gra- delving into everything and anything that you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and like if a support group's not right for you at that moment, cause you don't want to hear other people's stories, then great. Don't there's tons of books. Um, th- there's, I mean, I, I get the emails for all the, the different sessions each weekend, as much as that as you can, because that support from others is, so, it makes you feel less crazy and you feel less alone. Like I felt like such a normal person when I was in Kentucky. <laughs> what a weird sentence I never thought I would say. <laughs> the slowest elevators and the bar didn't open till four. I was like, what, where are we? I felt so amazing. People could even see a difference in me after that conference. So get with people, listen to these podcasts, listen to people's stories. It will really make you feel less crazy and less alone. That would be, and get a therapist, get a trauma therapist. It doesn't necessarily have to be somebody with NPE experience. Great. If so, but get yourself a therapist, get yourself a trauma therapist. Um, I'm glad I did that very, very early on. I do have to focus on what I'm grateful for instead of what I don't have. Um, that really does help me in most days and not just saying it out loud, actually writing it down does make a difference. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just keep doing these things. I cannot wait till there's another conference. Um, this is just something I'm going to be doing forever because it is the gift that keeps on giving because who knows if one of my half nieces one day decide they really want to talk about, something. you know what I mean? Like never know what is going to keep happening with it. So you never know. It's not over and it's still it's it's not over. It's out. The information is out there. How is it to tell your story today? Much less emotional. Like what was really cool because I did when I did Alexis's, I remember getting off and crying. Mm-hmm. And I did an interview with someone who was doing a research study and like shaking in the middle. Oh, my body is totally calm and relaxed. Today you're calm and relaxed. I'm so like I feel so good having shared my story. So I have to keep doing some of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I think is a true testament of all of the work that I've done. And I've done EMDR around this too. Um, so very validating that I'm actually calm and not shaky. It's nice. Yeah. And a testament to the process, the a testament to the power of processing a story yes. by talking about it, right? Like that yes. the words, yes, the words itself can become a way for your mind to to settle and and be a solve for an yeah, experience and to, like, and, and to heal and to heal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm sorry that we didn't get to meet in Kentucky, but if we had, you couldn't have told me this whole story. No way. We wouldn't have had the time. No. And what's so interesting is I could tell you so many crazy other stories that I heard from people. This is not, yeah. this is nothing. This is nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of cool every time I tell it. Cause I'm like, wow, it, it is, it does have a kind of a lot of crazy pieces. It really mm-hmm. kind of does. Mm-hmm. It does. Um, but yes, I went to go get a button and they were all gone. Your buttons were a big hit. They were a big hit. I'll send they you were, one. They were I got hit. more made. I got more made. So I'll send you one. Let's keep in touch. Let's keep in touch and keep you, keep us communicating and, and figuring out yes. um, different, different like resources that are working or not working. I would love to know for you. And thank you for doing this. Um, like I said, I followed you and Um, and that's been even helpful in my journey to see like other people, like, you know, are okay. Like Mm -hmm. that's been very, very helpful. So thank you for having this podcast. Thank you for everything that you've done. And, and yeah, everyone's social, uh, presence or presence on social media has 
also been like really, really awesome. So thank you for doing this. This was fabulous. You are helping us to all heal. Thank you. Thank you. It's totally mutual. Awesome. Thank you so much. This is going to be up so soon. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Of course, I want to thank Kristen for spending a Friday afternoon with me. I'm sure she has a very busy schedule and it's no easy thing to like bare your soul for an hour with a partial stranger. I mean, people sometimes think they, they feel like they know me, but I'm still really a stranger. And I, you know, I'm so sorry that she feels alone in our community as someone who's isolated from both parts of her family. I know there are others that feel that way. Uh, there are so many different ways to be a misattributed or to have a misattributed parental experience. Kristen isn't the first person to tell me that their unique details keep them from feeling separate, even within the groups. Shame is a powerful through line, you know, for all parties involved. Speaking of shame, I'm not ashamed <laughs> to promote all the ways you can support me and this podcast if you've been listening. Keep in mind, it takes a hefty load of resources to make this project happen. I love doing it, and I love it when you support me. Bare minimum support? Follow me on socials at Everything's Relative Podcast. Share the podcast with your friends. Anything more than that? Man, uh, if you could write a review on Apple Podcasts, or if you could go to my website, everythingsrelativepodcast.com, order a t-shirt, or support yourself by ordering the process journal, Who Even Am I Anymore on Amazon? There's so many ways. Reach out if you want to know more ways to support me. My email is eve at everythingsrelativepodcast.com. So look, um, shameless plug notwithstanding, I truly am grateful for your support and for being with me here on this journey. I will be back next week, episode 96, uh, and maybe some more comments about the weather. In the meantime, keep using hand sanitizer, watch some old Pee Wee Herman, rest in peace, and do your best to keep the deer away from the tomato plants. Good luck with that. I'm Eve Sturgis. This is Everything's Relative. Bye-bye. Everything's Relative with Eve Sturgis is produced by Eve Sturgis and Kaylin Egan and edited by Joy Rumor. Logo designed by Ivy McNally and music is used with permission from Goodbye the Band. Eve is a licensed psychotherapist, but her podcast episodes are not therapy sessions. 